How long? How long will interest rates stay low? That's the question the whole world wants to know. How long? How long will interest rates stay low? It seems like if they're going up, they're going pretty slow. Welcome to Odd Lots. I'm Tracy Alloway, Executive Editor of Bloomberg Markets. And I'm Joe Weisenthal, Managing Editor at Bloomberg Markets. Joe, you're a country music guy, right? I am a huge country music fan. That is correct. Why? Um, <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, that question sounded a bit judgmental. No, but why? No, it's fair to be judgmental. I don't know. I I can't explain it. I like I like songs with distinct melodies. I like songs with uh, distinct lyrics. I went to college in Texas, and my wife is from Mississippi, so I feel like I have this uh, natural, somehow I became a sort of uh, adopted Southerner, so it just kind of all fit together for me. So I know you're a fan of country music, and I know you were sad to hear that Merle Haggard, who's a titan of country music, passed away earlier this month. I was a huge Merle Haggard fan. I went to see him in concert last year. He was definitely one of my favorite musicians. He was the originator, one of the originators of something called the Bakersfield Sound hmm. uh, music that was actually uh, written about agriculture, sort of emanating from agricultural workers in California. And um, he had, in earlier in his career, he had all these really reactionary right-wing posts uh, right-wing stories, uh, the fight inside of me, Oki from Muskogee, about hating the way the world was changing. Right. Those are my go-to karaoke songs. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, so, I know that from personal yes. experience. So listeners are probably wondering why we're talking about this, right? Like, why are we talking about my love of country music well, in the intro to the Odd Lots podcast? I thought to ease your pain and your sadness at Mr. Haggard's passing, we could bring in the financial equivalent of Merle Haggard. Right. So back in the day during the crisis, there were these music videos that popped up by someone who had the brilliant name Merle Hazard, which of course sounds like Merle Haggard, but also sounds like Moral Hazard, one of an economic phenomenon. And he's still kicking around. We used to watch those videos during the crisis. Mm -hmm. The blogs picked them up. Every time there was a new one from Merle Hazard, they would get posted. So in honor of uh, Merle Haggard, we decided to uh, ring up Merle Hazard and see what he's up to. Exactly. And it's a really good time to be doing it because he actually has a new music video out. And I think it might be one of my favorites so far. Let's bring him in. Will interest rates stay low? That's the question. The whole world wants to know how long, how long will borrowing be free? How long will we be subsidized by savers? Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Do you prefer us to call you John or, or Merle? Well, if I'm talking <laughs> like this, it'd be John. And if I'm talking like this, it would be Merle. Uh, that's a good <laughs> distinction. So yeah. let's just jump right into it. Sure. Uh, how did you become, let's just start from the beginning. How did you become Merle Hazard? Well, it was not a rational uh, calculation. Um, when the financial crisis was just starting, I mean, people say it was 2008, but really in 2007, a couple of Bear Stearns hedge funds started to crack that summer. I was talking with a friend, Josh May, uh, who uh, lives in Nashville, but covers central bank policy uh, for our firm in New York. And um, anyway, we were talking about how, well, this is real estate. It's going to be a slow motion train wreck. 
it's probably going to wind up as a festival for moral hazard. And if you're a financial person and you live in Nashville, we both started laughing and thought, well, that sounds like the name of a country singer, Moral <laughs> Hazard. And uh, I was just really taken with that idea. And that evening I was thinking, you know, I would really love to live in a world in which there were such a figure as Merle Hazard who would accurately explain financial matters through the medium of country music. And then I thought, well, obviously nobody's going to do this unless I do it. So that was the genesis of it. And it was very quick. You know, that was, a, I think, a Wednesday. I wrote the first song, you know, Thursday night, Friday night, recorded it Saturday very uh, crudely in my basement. And we shot a very simple video Sunday, put it on YouTube, and then the next, you know, by the, by Thursday of the next week, it had been picked up online by the New York Times, and it just caught on. So, what was the first song? Well, the first song is actually not up on the web anymore, sadly, because of a copyright issue. But oh it's, man, it's Hedge H E D G E. It's <laughs> it's like Tammy Wynette's song D I V O R C E, but it. Um, I love that one. It spells out the word hedge fund. You know, my my H E D G E F U N D went bankrupt today. Goldman S A C H S took my fund in away like that. So. <laughs> uh, wait, can we back up a little bit? Yeah. So you talked about how you wanted there to be a you you wanted there to be a country musician named Merle Hazard that explained these things in song, and then you realized you had to do it. But what were you doing before then? So were you already? Like, <laughs> yeah. Start. I, were you, do you have a songwriting background? No. Well, I'm a money manager and. Uh, 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 got my own firm, Shane and Company, here in Nashville, and it's long only, fairly traditional, fairly boring, not nearly as exciting as uh, as songs and so forth. Um, and I've been doing that. Uh, I mean, my first job on on Wall Street was in the '80s, but um, but anyway, uh, if you have to go back to college, I had a pop band in college called the Young Nashvillians, and I wrote for the college humor magazine. So there's some music and some humor back in my 20s, and then pretty much nothing. Uh, until I guess middle age. <laughs> are you a uh, are you a country music fan? Uh, sort of. I mean, I, I I didn't really grow up listening to country. You know, a lot of the my dad was a businessman here, and he's from Canada, <laughs> and and uh, my mom's family's from Nashville. My mom, you know, played classical music and 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 jazz, and and uh, we didn't really listen to country mm. growing up. Although you can't avoid it. You know, if people came in from out of town, we'd take them to the Opry, but I didn't really appreciate it until I was in college and a, and a friend found out I was from Nashville and didn't know a lot about country music. And this guy was from Connecticut. And he's like, you need to listen to George Jones. And I started listening. I was like, this, this stuff's pretty good. And yeah, it's ridiculous to live here and not. Well, having know. watched a bunch of your videos, I mean, I think you're really good at it and you have a, Thanks. you have a good ear for it and you have a good voice. And I'm a really big country music fan. And obviously we had the idea of doing this episode of the podcast uh, um, after the passing of Merle Haggard. Yes. Uh, were you? Did you uh, get into his work specifically? Well, I, I I do like his work. I mean, my my name is really more a pun on moral hazard, right? Although it's a nice nice uh, thing that it that it uh, also brought to mind Merle Travis and Merle Haggard. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, I I really do admire his uh, his work songs. You know, like. there's a uh, you know the Merle Haggard song that starts off with where he wishes. Uh, the U.S. were back at the time when it was a silver-backed currency. So he also, uh, uh, so he no also overlap. he also did a little bit of econ country music. Yeah, when a man when a man would would still yeah. work and still could. Although I I heard that he later said some of these songs that were kind of more um, 
a right of center. He, yeah, more reactionary. He 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 thought they came off. I mean, Oki yeah. from Muskogee. I think he didn't approve of. That's how some, yeah, some that's people... exactly right. So like a lot of his early hits were these sort of right wing reactionary songs, like Oki from Muskogee and Fighting Side of Me, and uh, you know that one about how the good old days when women cooked and uh, the dollar is still backed by yes. silver. But he did actually uh, later in his career say he didn't really believe those things anymore. He still sang them, and yeah. he still liked them, and the it, fans still enjoyed them, but he basically disavowed it, the It message. makes total sense to me. I, I, I had a, you know, I'm not no, I'm no moral haggard, but, but I, I can understand <laughs> how you write a song and then you don't anticipate quite how people take it. Do you have a well, specific example in I, that? I have one that just made me sound like I'm a total gold bug. It was a legal tender dollar bills printed by the Fed. <laughs> Some folks call it stash or jack money moolah bread. Yeah. Well, there's also I, one of my favorite ones, I think the inflation or deflation one. Thanks. Perha- I mean, it, it, it kind of perhaps sets up a false choice between Japan and Zimbabwe. Yes. There might be a middle path. And, and That's those, one of my favorite ones, though. Thank you. My favorite comment on, on you, you know, the, the, the song says, you know, you know, inflation or deflation, tell me if you can, will we become Zimbabwe or will we be Japan? Great line. And, um, and on YouTube, uh, people can leave comments and a few, several people had sort of debates about that. And my, but my favorite comment was somebody, this was, you know, seven years ago or something when it came out and somebody just left the comment, Japan. <laughs> inflation or deflation, tell me if you can. We become Zimbabwe, or will we be Japan? Credit Some of your songs and music videos are incredibly well produced. Uh, do you have someone helping you, or how exactly do you manage to do this? Well, the videos I work with uh, uh, Jim DeMarco and Matt Amy at the local uh, PBS affiliate, Nashville Public Television. They're very talented. And uh, and the last I don't know I didn't know the music the last one I worked with Allison Brown who's a, a was a college classmate of mine and you know moved to Nashville and has won Grammy awards and so hmm. <laughs> if you team up with somebody like that it makes it sound a lot better yeah we were we were going back and watching them because I remember I watched the videos a lot back in 2009 oh, thanks. 2010 like when um you know during the crisis and in my memory. For some reason, I just assumed that it was sort of you standing in front of the camera, but then going back and watching these videos, and they're like, oh, they're really, they were really well-produced, clever uh, music videos that you did. Well, thanks. What's your uh, personal favorite? You know, you it's a little it's a little bit like picking favorites among kids or something like that, which you just you you love them all, and you know for what they're for what they can do or whatever, but uh, or you know for who they are, but. Um, uh, I think I usually at any given moment like the last one that I did because it's been trying to address whatever I got wrong on the prior ones. Uh, I'm talking about songs, not kids. But the um, <laughs> uh, uh, so so the last one, how long will interest rates stay low? Which is the one Alison Brown oh, um, yeah. plays on, and then she got two equally uh, awesome uh, bluegrass musicians, and um, and we put a little more effort into the video uh, as well. It's a kind of a hee haw style video to go with it. So besides the fame that and the recognition that you've got from YouTube videos and blogs picking up um, your music, where else has the uh, 
Merle Hazard character taken you? Have you played events? What kind of, how has it changed your life? <laughs> it, it's a hobby, right? So sure. it, it, I put out about one of these a year and it, it it's a very small amount of my time, a large amount of my fun. I hardly ever do anything live. There's a fair amount of uh, <laughs> retakes and so forth to make it look like I know what I'm doing on the videos. But um, I've sung at the American Economic Association convention twice, uh, which is really fun. There's a humor session there uh, that Jerome Bauman runs. We actually, he was a guest on an earlier episode of Odd Lot. So Great. now we've had two guests specifically, <laughs> not from any other aspect of the American Economic Association event, but two now specifically <laughs> just from the humor section. Joe so Stiglitz, I don't, I don't Joe know Stiglitz, what that says about us. Joe Stiglitz hasn't made it on yet, no, but you've already Only the humor section. Humors. Okay, well, you know, uh, there, there's truth in humor too. Um, and uh you know somebody's birthday party i've sung it here in town um but uh you so most of it happens virtually and it's it's fun to see college professors use it in classrooms and occasionally they'll write and say the students actually you know they're not quoting from the textbook but they are quoting from your songs <laughs> that's that's sort of gratifying and um probably means more that they didn't study than anything else but it's still fun and occasionally these songs will be quoted in academic papers hmm. even in german <laughs> Which I'm guessing is... that was maybe the Greek debt crisis one. Oh, yes, the Greeks gave us Pythagoras and Euclid and Plato and other wondrous stuff. But balance in their national budget, their budget, their budget apparently is tough. What's your process for coming up with new songs? So you wrote that your latest one is this will inflate, will rates stay low forever. Do they just sort of snap in your head one day and say, let's do this? Or do you sort of say, okay, it's time for a new song? Yes, that's a good question. And it's interesting to me how people come up with ideas. In in my case, what seems to work, I, I don't sit there and go, it's time to put out a song. Yeah. I don't do that. I, I wait until some phrase is stuck in my head. It, you know, for example... Uh, how long will interest rates stay low? I mean, th these songs are all things that have really been bothering me. I present them as humor, but, you know, it's like the masks of comedy and tragedy. Those are two sides of the mm -hmm. same coin. These are all pretty deep problems, actually. I'd say they're so serious that you have to laugh about them. So how long will interest rates stay low? You know, if you're a retiree, you know, that's an issue. If you're a money manager looking for assets with return, that's, that's a problem. Uh, so anyway, if I find a phrase or an idea stuck in my head, I go, oh, well, if it's if it's something that's recurring and I'm turning it around, that could work as a song. And then I follow the, the thread from a phrase like inflation or deflation or how long will interest rates stay low or fiscal cliff was another song or dual mandate. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one, too. And I, I was watching that one just recently, and I really thought it was actually an excellent framing of the sort of economic debate between the conservatives and the hawks who are most concerned about inflation and the more liberals and the wonky types who are more concerned about keeping uh, adequate demand in the economy. So it, I actually thought it was a very nice framing for anyone to understand the uh, Fed debate. It's awfully hard to be a central banker Rich folks like to see the currency strong But the average Joe's not overjoyed If he's destitute and unemployed Seems like every time I choose, I'm choosing wrong The right 
says I should tighten up on credit. On credit. And you know, in the later songs, I've gotten to where the older I get, the less I think I know. And so I raise mm. questions more than try to answer them. It's a, it's a dilemma, the dual mandate and a tension between uh, stable prices and full employment. Those are what the Fed calls the two sides of its dual mandate. And, um, you know, there's no perfect way to to square those. John, is there something about country music specifically that lends itself to covering these sorts of big uh, financial questions? Or could you have gone in any direction musically? That is another deep question. Uh, I like to think that, you know, country music is about loving and losing and love of <laughs> making money and fear of losing money seems to seems to map in some sense. Um, I imagine intellectually that any genre uh, could work. You know, Tom Lehrer wrote Gilbert and Sullivan style songs uh, uh, um, about politics. Um, that's not too too different. But um, but it is a lyrically focused genre. So, I mean, it, it does have the advantage. I mean, you know, you say Tom Lehrer, and that's another good example. But so it is not, a genre. We're not going to get jazz songs about the Fed. Right. Probably less. I mean, it, it is right. a good it is a good that, genre. That, that's for a good clear lyrics. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Do, here's a kind of a serious question. Does the process of writing uh, one of these songs help you in any way? actually clarify and form the debate. So mm-hmm. you said, for example, you know, writing the song about the dual mandate really made you think about it. Now you've written a song about the interest rate outlook. Do you often, you know, the, when we have these debates, sometimes it can be hard to really grapple with the contours, but writing a song about it with the constraints that a song requires seems to me that it could actually be a helpful process for really sort of isolating the key ideas on either side. Do you find that? It's true to a degree, but maybe not quite as much as you think. I mean, for one thing, I'll read about a topic a little bit. If I realize there are areas I don't know about, I'll, I'll show the lyric to a friend, uh, usually this same friend, Josh May, I mentioned, who helped me come up with the idea, or we came up with it together, really. Um, and uh, he'll point out, you know, well, but in Europe it's this or that. So it it, mm. it does it does foster uh, dialogue. Yeah, it, it helps me refine my thought. I, I have I guess I haven't thought that much about it. But you know, I had one other thought just to turn back to something that you talked about about the sort of dual life and uh, uh, well, it's not really a dual life. Again, this is a, a hobby. But I remember when I was in my twenties and I talked to my mom about you know well, I have these interests in you know maybe doing investment work and. But I still like music. And, and she told me about Wallace Stevens, the poet, you know, who was a vice president of the Hartford Insurance Company. That was actually what he did. Hmm. Uh, his poetry was all written, uh, you know, on the side. It's all we remember hmm. him for. But and he wasn't, you know, he was a vice president of this big company. It was a fairly serious job. Uh, William, I'm not I'm not likening myself, but William Carlos Williams, the poet, was the head of pediatrics at the hospital. I'm, I'm by far not, I'm not at all the first person to... To create and Tom Lear, who we talked about, uh, is a, a math, math professor. Yeah, right? yeah. The, he only wrote about seventy songs his whole life. It's just that they're so good. So, in other words, you know, you can be doing a sort of intense, uh, numbers-focused, professional kind of job, and and it's nice to have a creative outlet. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's been done before. <laughs> <laughs> so uh... and, uh, and done better than I'm doing it. Uh, you have anything kicking around right now? Can you give us any hints? Um, do you take requests? I, I do take requests. I, I yeah, I love getting ideas for topics. Uh, so if you have any, I have so, I have a non uh, 
I have a couple of, of non-financial uh, ideas I'd like to do, but uh, I guess I better not say them out loud. Well, John, it's been fantastic having you on with us. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, we love listening to your music. Yeah, we're, you. we're big fans, and uh, glad after years uh, after seeing your videos for the first time, glad to finally get a chance to chat. Thank you so much. It's really nice meeting you guys. And we'll be looking out for the next one whenever it drops. For sure. Great. Thank you. Thank you. As the sun At Georgica Beach, one windy morn, a mortgage bond trader sits forlorn in the Hamptons. In the Hamptons. So, Tracy, are you uh, are you a converted country music fan? <laughs> you know, I I think I'm still a fan of Mr. Merle Hazard. I'm not entirely sure you've convinced me of the entire mm. country music genre. Uh, you know what I think is really funny this, that we've now had two people from the humor section of the AEA event and none from the other. We probably should fix that. But I really enjoyed talking to John. You know, I used to be a uh, used to write songs, and I could not have a full time job and write songs at the same time. Hmm. I just couldn't devote the energy. So I'm really jealous of people who make that work. I would like to see you write some songs. I think we could do well uh, in. Maybe creating like a punk rock band that sings about, I don't know, CDSs and yeah, yeah. collateralized debt I just found it so hard to work a full day and then keep, then I was just so fried. Um, but no, I, his, I, and I loved his attitude towards everything. It just seemed like a really positive guy mm -hmm. and his songs are great. And um, Well, I think as journalists and people who spend their time often trying to make complicated uh, sort of hidden matters more accessible for a wider audience, I really respect the way he's gone about doing it. I think song is a great medium in which to describe sometimes esoteric things like the Fed's dual mandate. And uh, the videos are just a lot of fun. So should you and I try writing a song about repo sometime to... Uh... It's already been done. It you has? promised to put it to music for me. Oh, you wrote a poem, right? Yeah. All right. Well, no, we'll... it wasn't a poem. It was a ballad. Oh. All right. We'll work on that for a future episode of Odd Lots. But thank you for joining. I'm Joe Weisenthal, managing editor of Bloomberg Markets. You can follow me on Twitter at the Stalwart. And I'm Tracy Alloway, executive editor of Bloomberg Markets. I'm on Twitter at Tracy Alloway. Thanks for listening. Do you want to go double dipping? I said double dipping. We head right up and then back down again. Yes, it's double dipping. As our social fabric's ripping, we'll have double dip recessions now and